0: About our spiritual journey and transformation. You can find a short discussion about this talk on our second episode of Oaks Online where we try to unpack a few of these questions and hopefully you'll also have an opportunity to discuss it further in your belonging groups. So, we've finally come to the end of a fairly intense period of major sporting events, including the Olympics. And although I'm not really a sporting fan, I do get drawn in and I always find myself wondering how these people, who are often so young, become so expert in their field. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers uh, asks these same questions and he delves into the lives of significant contemporary and past individuals who have really excelled in the areas of industry, business, science, medicine Um, and he's really looking for any kind of Common circumstances that can allow these people to to excel what are the common factors? but actually he found that more and more often it was just a matter of the individuals um, spending over 10,000 hours practicing and developing their skills and interests. so in a sense anybody can become an expert in something. I think we've come to appreciate the kind of dedication. Uh, that that 10,000 hours leads to as we've heard the uh, olympians talk about the hours of practice and study and injuries and goodness knows what else they've they've gone through in order to get to be the best in their field and not all of us were born to be nobel prize winners or olympians but we all do have potential to uh, achieve the best that we can the, the, be the best that we were created to be and in fact the teaching of jesus and most of the new testament helps us understand how we can uh, be that we can uh, how we can grow and develop individually and corporately as part of the church and the body of christ 2 corinthians three eighteen says and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the lord's glory of being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." So how does this happen and what does it look like? And as we are being transformed, it's obviously a process, but how? What? It's obviously an ongoing lifelong journey, but how does it happen? Under normal circumstances, we all develop physically, through the the stages of life. So, you know, we're all baby, toddler, child, teen, adult. Slight circumstances can change depending on our diet and things, but on the whole, we all go through those life stages. But our intellectual and emotional development, they're much more um, dependent on influences of early life, as is our character. So it's the ongoing social factors it can be about our home life, it can be our school life, it can be the circles that we mix in. And we're now beginning to understand through sort of development of neuroscience that um, a loving environment, um, you know, a face that lights up when we walk into a room, and joy and those sort of joyful experiences are actually critical to our development. So the joy that we feel creates a fertile ground which helps us to absorb everything around us to learn and to develop. Um, So not everything can be learned from a book and we can't make things happen in our own strength. There's a whole bunch of things going on. Equally our spiritual growth, for we're all created in the image of God, we're all spiritual beings. That's also very much more dependent on or influence and influences and input we experience but when we become Christians our background and our social status and our intellect and any other external factors they should never be a barrier to our spiritual growth as we all have Jesus as our role model and we all have the Holy Spirit to help and guide us Philippians 2 verses 6 to 8 says of him Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So in spite of him being the son of God, he chose to lay everything down in order to live amongst us fully man and as such was exposed to all the, the range of familiar human experiences uh, that we have, and not to mention humble beginnings. Because you have to remember, he was, he was born in a simple farm building and his mother was an unmarried teenager. And when his family fled to Egypt, he grew up in a foreign nation, part of an immigrant family. It was hardly a privileged start. So apart from Jesus' birth, the great Christmas story, We know very little of his life prior to launching his ministry aged about 30. Luke 2 verses 42 to 51 tells us of how Jesus aged 12 and his family were on the annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem uh, for the Passover festival. However, on the journey back, his parents realized that Jesus was no longer with them. He was actually missing for three days in the city and was eventually found by his parents sitting amongst the temple teachers who were apparently amazed at his understanding. It was customary for boys of that age to have learned the scriptures uh, in order to take on the law uh, which means that they would now take responsibility for their life for themselves rather than being directed by their parents so it was kind of a step into adulthood Uh, and it was normal for them to discuss with teachers and and sort of examine themselves and, and work out what their knowledge level was like and that's what Jesus was doing and clearly he took advantage of the situation while he was there that that he was amongst such esteemed teachers in the temple and just lost track of time and and where he was so it wasn't an act of willful disobedience he was just in the moment Uh, Luke in uh, that chapter he immediately follows on from that episode saying that um, on his return Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favour with God and man. That's Luke two fifty two. Now, what does that mean? You know, it's amazing to think that that tiny paragraph um, is well, it it's about eighteen years of Jesus' life. It encompasses that period of time from being twelve to thirty, and um, and that that's all we know that he grew in wisdom and stature, and. Uh, We can imagine what his life was like. We know something of kind of history. We know that he will have continued to uh, learn the scriptures and to live out those scriptures in community. Um, He'll have been learning his trade, watching his father as a carpenter, Joseph, and developing his own skills. Um, He'll have lived through the death of his father, Joseph, and his mother becoming a widow, which had a quite significant social status he was just part of a family with the normal everyday ups and downs and um, issues everyday chores the type of things that we all go through as part of a family Uh, living with siblings local customs responsibilities he was very much a normal man so going on to his ministry in jesus day it was common for rabbis to have disciples and um, they would spend all of their days and nights with them, they would watch everything that the rabbis did, the way they spoke, what they taught, how they lived and they essentially wanted to be just like their rabbi, they would imitate him, they would uh, learn to look and sound behave just like him. So when Jesus began his ministry he also chose disciples but he chose a very simple young working-class men and asked them to follow him and he took them on a really intensive watch, listen and learn from me journey over the next three years. Following his death and resurrection and immediately before returning to his Father in heaven, he blessed his disciples and commissioned them for their action and they would continue to walk in everything that they had learned. But Jesus does remind them to first wait for the promised Holy Spirit to come because he was going to be their comforter and their guide and their power in his absence. Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As people who love Jesus, we too are on a lifelong spiritual journey and we're learning to imitate him. Uh, and it's this it's this new life, it's following his direction, following what he did, how he approached things, um, taking all those things on board. And we can do that through reading the scriptures, through praying, listening to God, through sharing our lives with others in a transparent way of course Matthew 28 is our mission too, it's the Great Commission and as we're transformed so are the people around us but this new life is always in the knowledge that it's by grace that we're loved, forgiven, saved and reunited with our Heavenly Father and it's by the Holy Spirit that we are guided and empowered to do these works. I think the amazing thing about being a Christian on this journey is that because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we can totally change and we can be physically and emotionally healed. And we can find ourselves doing things that we never could have imagined before. So those gaps that perhaps we experienced in our early life, God can come and fill those gaps. He can heal us and they don't have to be a hindrance and we can develop. I love to hear the life stories of people who have been caught up um, in criminality or on drugs. Uh, And they've got to a point where they've got no hope Uh, and then they have an encounter with Jesus and then suddenly they're they're completely transformed and have an, an entirely different life and they're reaching people and transforming their lives. And the thing is, we don't just impersonate Jesus, we become just like him, a new creation. So perhaps we could take some time to think Am I increasing in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and with man? Am I reflecting Jesus in my life? Am I still being transformed or have I hit a plateau? So, In what ways am I changing? Do I need some help? These are things that we can discuss amongst our our friends and in our belonging groups. I'm going to finish off with um, 1 Corinthians Chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer boxing in the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it a slave so that after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, thinking back to the Olympics there was nothing more disappointing than watching athletes who are trained for years just messing up or dropping out or being disqualified or missing a medal by one of a second and yet there was nothing more powerful than seeing teammates rally and encourage each other across that finishing line. So let's us continue to reflect Jesus and stand with each other and support each other and encourage each other as we run the race for Christ and aim for that prize. Thanks for listening, hope to see you again soon.